Go ahead and turn to John, St. John, chapter 4. We'll be beginning in verse 27. Uh, get you kind of up, updated. We, uh, we have uh, studied uh, uh, the being born again with Nicodemus and, uh, and, uh, and the Lord has uh, met this woman, uh, the Samaritan woman at the well of Jacob. And uh, he has had a conversation with her, and, and he's told her when we uh, ended last week that, uh, that, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Son of God that they've been looking for. He also explained to her that things were fixing to change, that you're not going to worry about worshiping on mountains anymore, that all those people who worship him from this day, from this time forward, is going to worship in spirit and in truth. So he is genuinely uh, getting... Uh, the word out about the New Testament that's coming, and uh, and he is the testator, and he's letting them people know that. And I, I don't know whether you know it or not, but that that uh, remark he made in verse 26, I have been speaking to thee, and he he only made that a few times in all of Scripture. And uh, two of the places it's recorded, it, it, it was about the same incident when they were questioning him after they arrested him, and they kept asking him to tell us, are you the Christ? And mm -hmm. Mark says that he, he told them that he was. Uh, and so uh, it, it's not something that he did uh, very often that he did it to this woman without her even asking him who he was. He told her who he was. And so it was important that to him that she knew that. Uh, so somebody read for me if you would, verses 27 through 38, please. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and said it to the man, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came up to him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him saying master eat but he said unto them I have meat to eat that ye know not of therefore said the disciples one to another hath any man brought him aught to eat Jesus said unto them my meat is to do the will of him that sent me me to finish his work say not ye there are yet four months and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he, and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labor and yet are entered into their labors. Okay, so she, uh, when, the, uh, the, when the disciples uh, came back, they'd gone to buy bread. When they, uh, when they got to this place, uh, Jesus was, the, the Bible says that he was tired. And he sat up on the edge of the well and they went to get some food because he was tired, left him by himself when this woman showed up about the sixth hour of the day. And when they, when they walked back up with the food that they went to get for him, they saw him and this woman and they thought, well, okay, this is weird because it was, uh, it was just something that didn't happen in that time where a man and a woman were caught, especially women that and men and women didn't know each other were caught like that uh, in a situation like this, but they, they didn't ask him anything about it. They were like, they were afraid to ask him, what are you doing talking to this woman or what are y'all talking about? And, and I thought that was commendable to them because you know, if, uh, that had been me, that had been the first thing, but I'm surprised Peter didn't do it. That blurted out of his mouth, why, why are you talking to this woman? What's wrong with you? You know, don't you know what kind of woman that is? Not to mention, sir. 
Jesus was a Samaritan, but she's a Samaritan, and he was a Jew. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that she's a Samaritan, and, and, and he's a Jewish man. But, but the Bible says that they did not question him. And when they, when they walked up, what did she do? She left. But here's the thing about it. What did she leave behind? She left the water pot because she came there to get water. And in this conversation, when she realized that he revealed to her who she was talking to, that was something happened to her. She forgot about this water. She realized now that the one talking to her could give her living water. That the one that was talking to her was the one that the one that they had been waiting on and watching for. Hey Randy, I didn't see you slip in. And, and so she realized that this is the one we've been waiting on. Now can you imagine her knowing herself who she was and her lifestyle? But you know what? This didn't even come into play with her. Because when she met him, it did something to her that she forgot everything else that she was doing, everything else that she had done, and she was focused on meeting the Messiah. Uh -huh. somebody else. Let me tell you, in our society today, and I tell you all this all the time, we focus on way too much other stuff. Yeah. Listen to me. Stuff we can't do anything about. Nothing. And we see that stuff and we focus on that stuff and we let it wrap our minds up. We tote this big water pot like this woman. And that's all we worry about. Getting water, getting food, getting making a living. And there ain't nothing wrong worried about that stuff. We need to worry about some stuff. But there's a lot of other stuff we carry around that's useless worry. Absolute useless, worthless worry. And this woman realized when, when she met him that everything else become secondary. Mm -hmm. Amen? <laughs> everything else becomes secondary. Now, this is in the infancy of Christianity. The very infancy. Matter of fact, the Holy Ghost hadn't even been poured out uh, on, on the day of Pentecost yet. This is prior to all that. And yet, it's so important for us to realize how important Jesus Christ is. She, she shows us what it means to put him first. To put everything else aside and put him first. So she, the Bible says that she, in verse 28, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city. And when she got into the city, now these people, because she came on the sixth hour by herself, we know her lifestyle because Jesus has already filled us in on that she was she had had five husbands and the man that she married to now or was with now uh, was not even her husband so she was living with somebody and when he he knew so he divulged to us who this woman is and he did that for a purpose not to embarrass her but to show us that he does love people that he does care amen. You know, I saw a deal today that, uh, that people are always saying, you know, you're supposed to, to love the sinner and hate the sin. And, and that remark also said, but the sin is not going to hell, that sinner will. And so we do really need to concentrate on that, that the sinner and, and love that sinner, but we cannot dismiss the sin and allow, tell them it's okay to continue in that sin. Because the sin is what takes people away from God and keeps people from God. Amen. That's why Jesus said, except you repent, you will likewise perish. Now, he didn't say that just because he wanted to boss us around. He said that because we have to repent when we come to him. It ain't no ifs, ands, and buts. You don't get to come to Jesus without a repentant heart. You're wasting your time, wasting your breath, if you come to him and you're not a repentant person. And he requires that. Amen? When they ask Peter, how do we be saved? First words out of his mouth, repent. Amen? And so that, that's what we have to remember. Repentance is a part of our salvation experience. It is the first part. Amen? And so she, she felt this and she realized that she had done wrong. And so when she got into the city and all these people were used to seeing this woman come in at this odd hour, 
and they they probably didn't pay her a whole lot of attention. They probably talked about her behind her back, told how revolting she was, and how she shacked up with someone, and that she just ain't anybody you want your kids or anybody hanging around. But what happens when she gets into the town this time? She goes talking to the men. She goes, but she can't she can't help herself. You know why she can't help herself? She's met Jesus. She's met the Savior. She's met the Messiah. Now she can't keep it quiet. You know why? Because that's her testimony. That's she's got to tell somebody who she's met. And look what she says. What does she say? Come and see. Come and see. You remember when Jesus began to call his apostles? And when they would go out and find their brothers or their best friends, and they'd say, Come and you gotta come and see, come and see. That's what we're supposed to be doing. A lot of people say, well, it don't do any good if you just invite them to church. Don't just invite them to church. Say, come and see. Come and see what God's doing. Come and see what the Lord is doing. Come and feel His presence. Come and meet His people. Come and see His church. Come. He's there. That's what we need to be telling people. You know, I saw somebody uh, uh, had written today on uh, Facebook. And they said, uh, we're looking for a church uh, in our area and we'd like to have a church where we can participate in that does worship and all this stuff. Well, people, boy, just people all over there kind of went to throwing stuff out there, this church, this church, this church, this church, this church, this church. You know what? There's a lot of different things you can look for if you're looking for a church. But there's one thing that supersedes everything else. Is it truth? Is there truth at this church? You know, the music can be amazing. And the music's beautiful. It's wonderful. I've been studying in Revelation. Man, they sing a new song up there. They got harps and they're playing and singing a new song. And, and, and as soon as they get through singing, man, they bow down to the Lamb of God. He's standing there with them. And that's great, and that's beautiful. But let me tell you what, you've got to know the Lamb before it means anything. You've got to know the Savior before it means anything. You gotta, it, it, it don't mean anything without Him in it. Amen? So it don't make no difference what kind of stage they got, what kind of light show they put on, how many musicians they got, how beautiful the music is. If it's not done because they have an encounter or they have met Jesus Christ, have been saved by Jesus, it don't mean anything. Amen? And so he, she gets into town and the first words out of her mouth, come and see a man. Amen. Come and see a man. And then, you know what? She just fessed up. He told me all about myself. And these people are looking at her going, hmm, hmm. We got to go out and see this guy that knows all about this woman. We know all about this woman. What's got her stirred up? What's got her speaking to everybody? What's got her so excited? And there's another thing. Boy, what I'm on my little pedestal right now. There ain't no worse witness than a disgruntled Christian. Amen. If, I tell people this all the time. If you don't have something good to say about your church, don't say anything about your church. Don't start a conversation with somebody that's never been here and say, well, I wouldn't invite you to the church, but I don't like that preacher. Now, they're going to come. I wouldn't invite you to the church, but they just can't get their act together. They just do everything contrary to the way I'm used to it being done. They don't do things the way I want it done. Are them people going to come here? No. And while I'm on this pedestal, <laughs> I'm going to take my shoes off and get up so y'all can see me. Listen to me. <laughs> Don't go to your house in front of your kids and your grandkids and belittle your church. Amen. That's right. A lot of people say, well, I raised my kids in church and they won't go now. Yeah. There might be a reason for that. Yeah. What did you say about your church in front of them that made them think that church ain't that important? if they're just going to leave there and come home and gripe about it. God help us. This is not a place for that. This is a place we come together to meet Him. To worship Him.
give to praise him, to tell people who he is, how great he is, what he can do for them. This is, and that's what we need to carry away from here. How great he is. Come and see. Come and see. It ain't been too long ago when people, I'd encounter people on the street and they'd heard about this little church up here. They, they knew that it was dead and they knew it was alive again. And they were people were talking about it. God help us to continue to do that. Help us to not get so common and so ordinary with each other that we lose the, the, the flare of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, John the Baptist said about Jesus, he said, I baptize you with water, but they come and one after me. He gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and what? Fire. We need to be burning. We need to, we don't need to let the fire go down. We need to keep it hot. And that's why I'm always telling people, don't be afraid to say, Lord, fill me again. Keep me full of the Holy Spirit because that's keeping the fire stoked. Amen. Studying the Word. Praying. Being involved. Helping people. Getting a, How many of you give you a good feeling to do something good for someone that helps them? Well, let me tell you what. It's okay to have a good feeling, but when you do it for His glory, there ain't no better feeling than to do it for Jesus. And let, and let people know that's why you're doing it. Amen. That's what we got to do. We got to give Him glory. Amen. That's one thing I'm learning from Revelation. It's all about Him. Everything there in that great place we're going to focus is straight on Him. And, and them four twenty-four elders they ain't patting one another on the back. They're bowed down to Him. Why? Because we're all redeemed by Him. And that if you're not redeemed by him, you're not redeemed. That's right. So we need to we need to put it all back in his hand. Well, you know what? We're seeing a great revival across it. I pray. And and you know, a lot of people are already discrediting this revival in our colleges. We never need to discredit a move of God anywhere. Amen. That's right. I mean this 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 is something that's going on that's blowing people's minds. And it ain't something that's not new. It ain't the first time this has happened in our colleges. Amen? You can read up on it where a lot of the big revivals started. They started in schools, colleges, and universities with young people. Help us not to be such an old fuddy-duddy that we can't see God at work. Amen. And these young people, I don't know how many of them get saved. I don't know how many of them get I don't know how many of them is changing. I don't know how many of them are, are, are leaving that revival service and going out and drinking and partying and doing what. I don't know what God does. But I do know one thing. It's attracting people from all over the country just to come to see. They come to see. You know why? Because so many people are hungry for a move of Jesus Christ. Why isn't it happening then? You know why? Because the church has let him down. We're too busy putting on the show. Competing with one another. Amen. We ain't praying enough and we ain't studying the Word of God enough. We're not witnessing enough. We're not sharing our testimony enough. This woman said, you can't see this man that told me all about myself. Come and see him. God help us to be those people. And if we will, we'll have revival. It'll happen here too. Is that what you want? I hope it is. And he says, she said, come, which told me of things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Boy. Yeah. It's got to be him. Yeah. yeah and, and you know what? Another thing. How little it took, in my opinion, 
to persuade her this is him. Do you remember what Nathaniel said to him when, when Jesus saw him coming? He said, man, which there is no guy. And he, and he said he saw him when he was under the tree, the whatever tree, I don't remember which tree it was. And it just blew his mind because Jesus had seen him under this tree. And he called him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, because I said, I saw you under a tree. <laughs> now this woman, <laughs> this can blow your mind because he did know all about her and she knew she had never laid eyes on this man before in her life. And she knew he was a Jew. Amen. He knew he was a Jew. And he convinced her. He told her, he said, you do know Messiah is going to be come from the Jews. You know that, don't you? So we got to know that too. And so he said, and, and so look at the effect. When she said this stuff, now they, they didn't have their cell phones and TVs. I mean, it, it was a boring type, type world. And when something exciting happened, it gave them a chance to put down all the work they were doing and go look at it. Amen? We got too much entertainment. We got too much occupying our mind except him. And so when she, she convinced them of this, that this man was at this well, they left. And they went out of the city and came to Jesus. Now this is what the Lord wanted. This is what the Lord wants us to do. Now listen to me. The Lord don't require us. We cannot save a person. Amen. The best we can do is lead a lost person to Him. <coughs> Amen. You can live your life peachy clean in front of them and that's cool. But they got to meet Him. It ain't about how squeaky clean you are. It's about how great he is and what he's done for them. And no man is going to ever go into heaven until they have that encounter with Jesus Christ. It's got to be happening. It's got to happen. Yeah. Amen? And so they, they went out to see what she was talking about. And then in the meantime, the Bible says, uh, while his disciples pray him, we brought you this food, eat. He wouldn't eat. And they knew how tired he was. They were tired too. They'd walked every step he had. They, they hadn't eaten since he did, but evidently they had eaten before they got back to him. Because they weren't worried about their own bellies, they were worried about his belly. And he wouldn't eat. And what's on their mind now? Did somebody come in here and feed him? Now they saw that woman leave. And the Bible don't say what their thoughts is, but they probably thinking she gave him something to eat. And there we were trying to hurry and get back to him. They didn't understand what was going on, did they? So Jesus took the time to explain to them what is going on. And he did it almost parable-like. But he did it in a way that, that we can understand, especially now. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his he came from God, sent from God. God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son. He sent him here in the flesh to do a work. Now they don't understand yet what this work is. But this work involves and entails reconciliation of lost people back to the Father. Alright? Jesus hadn't died to accomplish the New Testament salvation yet. And we're going to look at something here in a minute. So let me move on. And he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. And he said, you know, in your mind, so he brings up, he wants to let them know. He, he gives them something that they, they all know something about, which is farming, raising crops. And they know that there's seasons of harvest. There's, there's a time to plant and there's a time to, to reap. They understood this principle because they couldn't eat if they didn't do this. So they understood it. But they also understood that most of the time the same person that sowed would also be the one that reap, would reap or, or, or be over the reaping. 
And so he let them know. He said, now you're going to think four months and then come as a harvest. He said, behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Don't you think we need to hear that today? We, we want to back off and just talk about how low down and sorry the world is, but what about those people who are looking for Christ, who are looking for an answer, who are generally, but they don't know. And you know what? We have left it up to the area we live in. Say, well, we live in the Bible Belt. They ought to all know about Jesus. Wrong. That's not right. It don't take long for people to forget about Jesus and the Word of God. They know about Him. They just hadn't met Him. They know about Him. They ain't encountered Him. They know His name, but they don't know Him. They, they know His name. They ain't got a clue who He really is. They don't know. That's our, that's our work. That's, he, he's there to do the work of the Father. We're left here to do the work He left us to do. That's our work. Is to let them know who he is and what he's done for them and say, come and meet him. That's the invitation. Always. Come. Always have been, always will be, never will change. It'll be come till we're there. From the Father. That's right. Come. He's the one that draws us to the Son. That that you feel is from the Father. Trying to get you to come to his Son. And so we have we get to take part in that. And so he says, The fields are white unto harvest, and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto eternal life. Now boy, he changes everything. They're thinking, now wait a minute. We we're gonna go out there and harvest the we need we're gonna have eternal life. That ain't what he's talking about. Because the harvest field is not wheat, it's people. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on to say that he said uh, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Now the sowing had been going on for thousands of years. Who was the sowers? Who were the sowers? The Christians. Now, there wasn't no Christians yet. The Jews. It was the prophets. It was the Old Testament prophets that were talking about Jesus coming. They were, they were sowing the seed Get ready, he's coming. They, man, read Isaiah and, and tell me that that guy wasn't hearing from God. Yeah. He described everything to the to a T. Yeah. Tell me that the one who wrote Psalm 22 and said word for word about everything that Jesus said from the cross wasn't hearing from God. Those people were sowing seed. They were sowers. But when Jesus came, now it's time to reap because he's here. Amen? He's here. And so it's time to reap. So that's what he said. He said, another sows and another reaps, and they will rejoice together. You know what? When we're in glory, and we get to meet Isaiah, we get to meet Ezekiel, we get to meet Jeremiah, we get to meet Amos, we get to meet all of those Old Testament prophets, Daniel, all of them, we're going to rejoice together. Mm -hmm. Amen. And they're going to look at us and say, we sowed the seed for you. Yeah. We sowed that seed for you. And I just thank God that you reaped Amen. And herein is that same truth. One soweth and another reapeth. This came from the lips of Christ. I sent you to reap that whereon you, where, whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you are entered into their labors. Now I want you to listen to this. Because see, when we were studying in Genesis, when we were studying in Exodus, the Lord told them, I'm going to take you to a place flowing with milk and honey and what else did he tell them about that place that they were going to reap from that? He said, I'm going to give you cities that you did not build. Didn't he? He said, I want to give you herds of cattle that you didn't raise. I want to give you vineyards that you did not plant. Didn't he tell them that? 
He tells them the same thing here. You see that? He says, I sent you to reap what, what ran you bestowed. No labor, other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Did you know that's not over with? It ain't over with. That's only the second phase of it. The first one is when they entered into Israel. Because that's where he was going to come from. Amen? That's where he was going to come from. They were going to enter into Israel, but nothing on this planet was going to stop them from doing it. Satan didn't have big enough preachers to stop it. Why? Because he had to come from there. And he was, he did come from there. Not like everybody might have thought, but he still came from there. Because God's in control. Amen? And so he says, he says right here, and, and so the New Testament church came and it was built on what the prophets said. Yeah. We read from that. We're still reading from that today. When we entered in, when we enter into heaven, when we become residents of the new heaven and the new earth, we're going to get that again. Amen. I'm going to live in a house I didn't build. <laughs> I'm going to get to eat what I didn't sow. I'm going to get to sit down at a table and somebody else does all the cooking. All you ladies that good. You know why? Because I'm Lord. The one that said come and see is going to fix it for us. What a God we serve. I want to go to that place, don't you? Amen. It's beautiful stuff right here, isn't it? When you look at it in the light of the Word and the light of the glory of God and the light of who He is and what He's saying to us. He, he, he had all this stuff written down so we could gather this information and realize who He is and what He's doing for us right now as we speak. Did you all know as we're talking right now, He's building. Right now. He's getting a place ready for us. Right now. Isn't that cool? Think about it. When you lay down tonight and go to sleep and you don't think about nothing else, he's still up there working. He don't sleep. He don't slumber. He don't quit. He's getting a place ready for me and you. What a God. What an awesome, awesome God. We need to get to tell people, you need to come see him. Let me tell you, you know what a way to open up a witness to somebody. Y'all know what the Lord is doing right now? He's building me and you a place to live if you know him. Right now. What a way to open up a testimony or a witness to a person. Well, I don't know about that. Well, you need to come see him. You need to come, you need to come go with him and meet him. And you'll know. Praise the Lord. I have a question. Question. Yeah, it was bugging me because you just explained something that I knew was been wrong on the Bible. I always thought all the old people in the Old Testament, I thought if they knew God, they were Christians. You know, I never thought of it in terms of to be Christians, to be Christ-like. I never even put that together. I just assumed they were all Christians because they were godly people. Well, they knew God. Yeah. But we are called Christians. They first called Christians Christians at Antioch because we were people of Christ. Of Christ, yeah. I just I never put that together. I'm thinking, what do you mean they weren't Christians? Of course they were Christians. <laughs> okay, and, and they just answered something I've never even thought about. But thank you. Yeah, Lord. Because I might just turn around and say that somebody be wrong. Well, it, it's not wrong. You, they they're going to be in the same place we are. Well, sure, but still, I mean. The way I've been thinking all along that it was, you know. But anyway, thank you. You're welcome. I think that's why Jesus warns them so much about the Antichrist because they're still waiting on the Messiah and they're going to be fooled easier by, by not already believing he's came. Mm -hmm. So they're waiting on him to come still and when somebody shows up and does some magic tricks for them, they're going to fall for it. Has any of you been keeping up with what's been going on in Israel? Mm -hmm. it, it might not hurt you to every once in a while just kind of take a gander at a, at a news feed from Israel and see what's going on there. 
There's some bad stuff going on there right now. Mm -hmm. As anti-God as you can get almost. Mm -hmm. Blasphemous, if you will. Going on there right now. So the question is, if that's the case, why is God keeping them there? He ain't never kept them there before when they got this way. They went into captivity, but the Bible tells us now they ain't going nowhere. They're going to stay right there. Now there's going to be a war that comes in and annihilates a bunch of them. Might they're all of them, matter of fact. That's when they're going to call on him. But he still got them. There was, a, there was a lady that showed up at the wedding wall in a bikini. And the Orthodox Jewish rabbis had a hissy fit. But the government defended her right to do that. They, our government ain't the only one that's corrupt and ungodly. Amen? Amen? It ain't about who your government is. It's about who you are. Amen? I'm not going to go to hell because my government didn't do right. And I'm not going to go to heaven if they do right. Amen? I don't care who the president, the senator, the governor, I don't care who they They ain't going to have one iota of a difference in whether I go to heaven or hell. That's going to be my decision. That's going to be something I've got to deal with. And I'm not going to be able to stand before him in the judgment and say it was their fault. He ain't going to take that for an answer. Y'all hear? Y'all listening to me? You can blame it on a preacher, you can blame it on a Sunday school teacher, you can blame it on your mama, you can blame it on your daddy, you can blame it on your brother, your sister, you can blame it on Hollywood, you can blame it on anybody you want to. But when it comes down to it, it's going to be, why didn't you do this anyway? And that's what John is getting us prepared for. That's why he's got all of this stuff in the scripture so we can see the effect that Jesus can have on the individual and what effect that individual has on other people in relationship to him. That's, this is the picture of the church. Amen? And it is cool to me that he picked Samaritans to reveal himself to the way he did. To the Jews. Jesus wouldn't even sit down with them. People didn't want to have nothing to do with it. I'm surprised the disciples even went in and tried to buy food from them. Amen? And the only reason they did because Jesus was hungry. It was a setup for you. <laughs> Lord sets us up sometimes. That's Peter. Yeah. <laughs> Peter was at. Peter was right in saying, I ain't going to eat that. You told me not to. I ain't never done that. But you fixing to now. Because <laughs> I said so. <laughs> if you think God can't change his mind, you don't know God very well. That's right. A lot of people tell you, I know God can't do this. God can't. God can't. <laughs> you better watch that. <laughs> He can do anything he wants to do. He can change the rules of mid if he wants to. He did it here. When Jesus came, everything changed. It all changed. Them bulls and goats, that didn't mean nothing no more. It changed. Amen. Don't ever say he can't do something. He can do anything he wants to. Because he's God. And when he does it, it's right. And when he does it, it's just. And if he wants to change something, he can. The conversion from Old Testament to New Testament was a lot of changes going on. Amen? Yeah. Amen? Now, we don't get to do it. He does it. All right. Any questions about this? This is some good. I didn't know I was going to be this long on that one of those settings. Somebody read for me verses 39 through 42, please. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were coming to him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. 
and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. So when they came out there and they met him, look, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So <laughs> they came out there because she testified. They, they used the word testified in the, in the, in the King James. Said, men of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified. So they came to him because of her testimony. That's why it's so important for us to testify about what Christ has done or shown us so that others will know. And said, they, they besought him that he would tarry with them. When they came and met him and believed that he was who he said he was, what did they say? Stay. We just stay with us. Now there was times when he wouldn't do that. But this time he came for that purpose. <laughs> you remember, I love that scripture we looked at the other day, uh, uh, last Wednesday I believe it was, in, uh, in, in verse four, and he must needs go through Samaria. <laughs> he had to meet this woman. He had to convince her who he was. She had to go tell these people and they all had to come so they could believe on him. Amen? That's what this is all about. That's what it's all about. Period. And so they, they believed on him and, and then when they, they believed on him, they didn't want him to leave. I'm thinking to get on another pedestal. A lot of Christians serve God very well on Sunday. Y'all did. And Monday, they forgot to even knew it. Reckon what he thinks about that. Like it at all. He's with it. Said so you lukewarmness, we spew you out of his mouth. Wow. That's something to think about, isn't it? church and Sunday school. And the boss man walked through. Good Christian guy. Matter of fact, Bob Price's daddy. It was. And he was talking about something about Sunday school. And this guy that's filthy talking and all, all of a sudden he decided he didn't want to be left out of this conversation. And he admitted that he was a Sunday school teacher at a church. I'm telling this is true. I was there. And I'll never forget what Bob's daddy told him. He looked at him. He said, what church do you go to? And he told him. And he said, I'll never ever go to that church. Ever. If you're a Sunday school teacher there. You could have heard a pin drop in that place. But you could. <laughs> But that man needed to know that. Yep. Yep. Because you can't serve Jesus on Sunday and not serve him on Monday through Friday, through Saturday. Right. You want him to stay with you. You want him to tear. You want to hang on to him. You want to get all of him you can. You want to, you want to tell people about him. You want to show people that you know it. Like Joseph. Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Grab him and hang on. And be glad that he let you do that. We've got to be careful. 
You want to know why we're not having revival? Because Christianity looks like that to a lot of people. You know why a lot of kids won't go to church? Because Christianity looked like that at home. Not all of them. Because every person, when they get to an age, they're responsible for themselves. And they have to try things. And sometimes they try the wrong things. So they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he stayed with them two days. Amen? He stayed with them two days. And he said when he stayed there two days, he did it for a reason. Many more believed because of his own word. They heard it from him, from Jesus themselves. And they said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, we have heard him ourselves, and we know that this is indeed Christ, the Savior of the world. Now, that's the reason you can't be saved for someone else. This encounter, this salvation, has to be personal between you and Him. It can't. It don't go through another person. It don't go through a priest. It don't go through a preacher. And and I tell people this when they come up here and want to get saved. And you know what? The, the, listen to me. They're genuine. A lot of people don't know how to be saved. They don't know. You know, the, 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 one of the questions I get asked, not every time, but most of the time, is what do I need to do? L listen to me. You better know how to answer that question. Because see, everybody don't get saved. There's something, you might be in somebody's living room. Just you and them. When this comes up, you better know what to tell. And if you don't, shame on you. So, a question we need to ask ourselves, if this happens to me, what will I say? Repent and believe. That's what the Bible says. Repent and believe. Amen. You got to know what to tell them when they ask you, what do I do to be saved? It's asked in the Bible. And it was answered in the Bible. And so we need to know the answers to those questions. And it's something that we have if the Holy Ghost dwells in us. We'll know what to say because we've experienced it. So tell them what happened to you when you got how you did it. Don't go into a long lecture. Just tell them this is what I did. I got on my knees. I repented of my sin. I told the Lord I believed in Him and asked Him to save my soul, fill me with His Spirit. That's the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's so simple. Denominationalism has sensationalized so much and made it so complicated. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be saved, you got to do what I tell you to do. Uh, yep. And you have to do this, this, and this, or you're not. <coughs> That's from Satan. That's the devil's salvation. They're going to have you trying to do something you don't have to do to appease them. Okay. Any questions about this stuff? This is some good stuff right here. Ain't it neat that he, at the end there he says, Savior of the world. You know, he's, he's talking to Samaritans at this time. Not just the Jewish people, but Savior of the world. That's right. He knew that. Yeah, and that's what they knew. They, he, they figured that out. They knew he was. That's what they said at the end of verse 42. We have heard him ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. world. Of the world. Yeah. The Samaritans too, not just the Jews. The, Jews, the Samaritans who's saying this. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. My Bible references in, in uh, verse 41, references to Isaiah 42.1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit to him. 
he shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Amen. Amen. Isaiah is also the one that said that he would be a light. Mm -hmm. And the Gentiles will see this great light and they will come to that light. Yep. Amen. It just, they sowed the seed all through the Old Testament. They told us how it was, and it's happened. Just the way they said. And we reap the benefit of that in our New Testament salvation. We, we get to have what they long for. We get to have what they looked for. We get to have what the Lord show, showed them was going to happen. And they looked for it and looked, but they never got to do it. And praise God that he accounted unto them righteousness for what they knew, what they believed, and how they obeyed him. Amen. I fully expect to see all of them there, don't you? Mm -hmm. I sure do. Amen. Now I got a question here. Now the Bible says that these Samaritans believed uh, that do you think that when the Holy Spirit was poured out in the promise of the Father that they had to have that spirit? They had to be saved that way? It's a, it's, it's, it's a question for thought and discussion. What a nice It would have come down. I think the way the scripture puts this, that because of what they believed and who they believed in, that when it came time that they heard that the Holy Ghost was poured out, that they came to that very point in their lives yeah. where they were filled also. That's just my opinion. Anybody got any other thoughts on that? It's always been my opinion that when you get saved, the Holy Ghost comes to dwell in you then. Because you are believing on Him as well as Christ. Yeah, but see, the Holy Ghost hadn't been poured out at Pentecost yet. No, but you're saying after Pentecost, after it was poured out. So yes, I'm saying that they would have known to ask for this too mm -hmm. because they were already his children because they knew who Christ was yeah. uh -huh. so they would have known to ask for I would think that's, now that's just my opinion okay. well I'm, I'm learning myself but you know if, I, if, if somebody asked me about something like this and you know I'm just now getting back into this stuff and I'm, I'm full heartedly getting in it I'm telling but if they asked me about being saved I've always even when I was doing wrong and I knew I was, but I knew the Lord then anyway, I always just told him, if, if you are really saved and actually saved, how do you feel? Do you feel the same as you was <coughs> then? Or, or do you feel different than what you've ever felt before? And nine times out of ten, they say, well, I feel, I feel different. I don't want to do the things I used to do. I want to read the Bible. I want to learn. I want to study. And I want to know more about Him. You know? And then I'm like, okay, you got it. It's pretty well, you know, is that wrong for me thinking and doing that way? Or or, or what? Am I doing wrong by saying something like that? No, they need to be a changed person. Right. And they need to want to please Him. Right. That's what this woman did. She wanted everybody else to meet him. When I got saved, Brother Billy was the one to save me. Brother Billy Duper. And I felt at that time my life was going good, my wife was being nice, my kids was great, was my kids was great anyway. But I felt something come over me that has I have never felt before in my life. And I felt I was different, you know. I felt different. I, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to do the stuff that I used to was doing. I wanted to change. I wanted to read like the Bible. I wanted to do more, you know. And I got in, more involved in church. And I got to doing more things, you know. And then it all just went to Hades in a, in a handbasket. 
you know, I lost everything I had in my head. I, I went the wrong way. I turned, and I, you know, and now I'm back, you know, and I'm telling everybody, the guy that brought me to Texas Canada to PT, and I stayed there for 10 days, when we come by this church, I said, that's my church right there. I said, that's the best church in the world right there. And that guy says, you know, because he was from Hooks, and he's a black guy, he says, I've heard about this church. I said, yeah, everybody needs to hear about this church, the way it was, the way it is now, the way it's changed, and, and it changes lives when you walk into this church, you know. If if you want to feel if you want to feel the Lord every Sunday, every minute, every time you walk in here, if it ain't nothing going on but just going back here eating, if you want to feel the Lord, come to this church. That's what I tell everybody, and that's how I feel. You know, I pray every night for this church and everybody in it, and I and it's just you know I, I want to do I want to say the right things and not say the wrong things and I keep everything in a positive note instead of a negative note, you know, like a lot of people yeah, but you know, like you were saying yeah, but you know, this guy here he's kind of humdrum, blah, blah, blah you know, I, I, there is nobody in this church like this to me everybody in this church I feel loves me and I love everybody here even the ones ain't here tonight I, you know, this. It's I, I want I want to do and say right things. I don't want to say wrong things. That's why I try. That's why I keep it all in the positive at all times. You know, and that's that's just my input. Sorry. That's the way it ought to be. It ought, you ought to feel that way about your church and your relationship with Jesus Christ. It ought to be something that you're proud of. And that you want somebody else to be a part of. I am. That is that is your witness and your testimony. And it ain't about the church. It's about the Lord of the church. Right. And it ain't the preacher. It's about the Lord of the church. Right. And when people walk, and I hear this all the time. I've heard it. I heard it last week. I heard it week before last. I heard it from those people that had that band up here. They just what they feel. Yeah. Here, what they feel when y'all are assembled together. They say they feel like they don't feel it other places. Right, dude. When you walk through that door, it's it's a whole different feeling. Even I've come to this church since I've been coming back and got here from start to finish. If there was any way I could have been here the last three times that I was up in them hospitals, I'd have been here. <laughs> but it's every time I walk through these doors, I feel it. You know, I feel the Lord in here. I mean, I really do. And then because I was near death or I like to lost my legs or anything like it's It was before then. I, I really did feel it. And I want everybody else that I talked to feel that too. Amen. And that's the testimony of the Samaritan woman. That very feeling. It's what you're experiencing. It's what she experienced when she met Jesus. Right. And found out who he was. That was the very thing that she exhibited to that town when she went back to it. Right. And so, no, you're not wrong. You're exactly right. And and I hope we all feel that. When we first came, we came on a, a friend of ours. We had just moved back from home. And uh, our church that we had gone to, you know, was our home church. <coughs> we moved up there. The pastor was no longer there. And he was still preaching, but too far away for us to drive there Sunday. So, uh, we tried to go into the church, and we knew this wasn't where God wanted us anymore. And I was talking to a friend, and she suggested here. And she said, no, I haven't been. I don't really know. I can't tell you anything about the preacher or the people. I just know that I went by there for, you know, Sunday after Sunday, going into Texarkana, and there was no, I mean, two or three cars, and that was it. And now all of a sudden I'm noticing more cars and then more cars and then even more cars. So something's happening there. So go check it out. You might like it. And she knows how I am, you know. And <coughs> we came and Gary said, what do you want to join? And that when first Sunday we were here, he was ready to join the church. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's here. And I realize that it's not you. But Brother Gary, you've got to admit 
you let God work through you. Yes, God, he don't force people to work through him, to let them work through him. It's got to be a willing vessel, and you are the willing vessel. Yeah. Yes, you are, and stop saying that God don't work through you because you let him. Well, I didn't say that. I just said that I agree with John the Baptist. We decrease while he increases. And that's what we feel here. The increase of the Lord. Yeah, it is. You're right. Sam, do you have your hand up? I'm sure every one of us has read what happened on that day about one of the Holy Spirit. If you read the very much in your Bible, we know that everybody since that time that has come to put their trust, their faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah, repented their sin, that we have the Holy Spirit in us yeah. since then. But I didn't look it up. I don't know where it's at right now. But during, <coughs> during Jesus' ministry, one place it says he breathed on them and said, Receive you the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of this here seems like it, it's kind of a transition period going on. It is. But since the day of Pentecost, every believer has the Holy Spirit living and dwelling in it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what Jesus was telling the woman when he said, there's going to come a day you're not going to worship in this mountain. You're going to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And he was telling about the spirit that was going to dwell in us. And he he was God. He was fully capable like John the Baptist and, and uh, Elizabeth and Zechariah all received the Holy Ghost way before the Holy Ghost was poured out at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it, when uh, John was born, that took place. And so... Uh, yeah, the Holy Ghost has, has always been there too. Uh, and people that were, uh, the Bible talks about it, and Peter even says the Old Testament prophets were filled with the Holy Spirit. They, were filled, they spoke the, 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 because he was in them when he spoke through them. And so, yeah, but we are, the, the thing that, and, and I know we got to go, uh, the thing that you got to remember is Paul encountered some of John the Baptist's disciples in the book of Acts. And he came up to them, and he asked them, had they been baptized? And they said, yes. And they said, how? And they said, unto John's baptism. And so he, he, this is where, to me, water baptism and baptism of the Holy Ghost gets distinct. And he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? And they looked at him and said, we've never even heard of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so the Bible says that he laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. They were baptized with a baptism that Jesus came to baptize us with. He didn't baptize with water. He baptized us with the Spirit. Amen? Amen? And the Spirit is what will take us to where we need to go. But if that, if that, you know, <laughs> if that fits, <laughs> You know what, the way I have to wrap my mind around it, I guess, is that uh, a section of God, Jesus, is a, he is God, he's, but he has a he's, he has a purpose that he come for. He, he can do miracles, he raised the dead, he's God, but he comes here just to be our sacrifice. That's right. So the Holy Spirit as well has a job to do. It's a, it has a destination, it's a spur off of God, if you will, that's how my goofy little brain fits it, but it, and it has a job to do, and one of those is pointing at Jesus. So if Jesus is alive, standing right in front of me, the Holy Spirit has to be there. That, that's that's my Now I think when Jesus ascended and he sent the Holy Spirit, that and the Holy Spirit's job is to point to Jesus, then it's, that's the way we are now. But would Jesus stand there as a man, God in person, the Holy Spirit has to be there too. Amen. And, and we're gonna. That's why we picked John this time to study. We're gonna go through this stuff, and he's gonna explain to us. I have to go away so that he can come. That's right. And he prayed to the Father to send the Comforter when he leaves. As long as he was with them, the Holy Spirit didn't have to come. But it is him. <laughs> it is him. Because he said when he comes, he will dwell in you. And then he later on says, my father and I will dwell in you. We will abide in you. You will abide in us. That's how. Because he's no longer flesh. That's he's right. Spirit. It's spirit. Sure. And he, I heard Brother uh, Billy Graham 
said one time, the simplest way that I know, how, I can't explain this any better than anybody else, but the simplest way I know how to explain it is think about water. It's water. When you boil it, it becomes steam. When you freeze it, it becomes ice, but it's all still water. So, and I've always just leaned on that because that, that makes perfect sense to me. You know. Good analogy. Well, I'm Billy Graham, of course, you know. <laughs> okay, let's uh, go ahead and mark verse 43. Well, we didn't get very far in that. But verse 43 in your Bible, and uh, that's where we'll start next week, be the last day of February. Hey, the first day of March. First day of March. Pardon? Yeah, first day of March. That's Tuesday. Oh, there ain't 29 days. Ain't 28 days. Yeah. <laughs> I know that day. Very well. <laughs> Okay, um, you are exactly right. Yeah, see, I know. I'm going to vote again. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm giving us a leap year early. Yeah, please don't. Um, while ago, when I stepped out, Jesse texted me and she said, Please call me before you leave church. And so I did. She said she wanted to let everybody know her doctor called and told her he didn't, she didn't know what she had been doing. <clears throat> But her lab works were phenomenally improved and they doing exactly Jesus. what she was doing. Oh. And said everything looked really good and if she could continue to improve like she is right now, she would be majorly impressed. So I don't know what you're doing, Jesse, but keep doing exactly what you're doing. Your lab works came back phenomenally improved. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lord. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it is. That's God. That's God. Yeah. And that's what she said. She said, I just said, I'm just praying. Mm -hmm. There we are. Amen. Sure, good, great God. Yes, we do. Brother Jim Boss, would you dismiss Lord, we just stand before you tonight just thanking you for this, being the great God that you are. Lord, we just stand here amazed in your presence. But knowing, Lord, you're the great physician. Lord, you can do things that we don't think is possible at times. Lord, we just give you blessings for the good news that we've just received. Lord, we just thank you for each and every way in which you've blessed us. Lord, just let us be aware that sometimes the hardships that we see, we call them hardships, maybe things that's taking place in our lives so that you can be magnified to other people that may be lost. We just ask you to hold up each and every one that's been mentioned standing in the need of prayer tonight. Lord, just reach down and touch them in the way that you see fit. Lord, just give us traveling grace as we return to our homes. Lord, just let us be here at the next opportunity when these doors open so we can glorify and worship you Lord, let us be a good example to all those that are lost in this world. Lord, let us just try to bring honor and glory to you in everything we do. Yes, these things in your name. Amen. 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 Amen.